Magic Mike Show, where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show, tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show, you can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com. What's up, everybody? I'm Magic. And I'm Mike. And this is the Magic Mike Show, episode 436, Mr. Savage. Uh, Pegasus World Cup Day is uh, just upon us here. Uh, it'll be in two days, Saturday, January 20th, at Gulfstream Park. And this is uh, your last full day here in, uh, well, not, I was going to say in the States. Florida's still in the United States. In your yeah. current state, uh, then you will be in an inebriated state at Gulfstream Park here tomorrow. So how are you feeling today? I'm feeling good. I haven't drank in 48 hours, so I'm ready to go for the weekend. Looking forward to jumping on a flight, grabbing a Bloody Mary on the way down there, and uh, being at Gulfstream Park on Friday. Can't wait to be big down fan, at the racetrack again. A big fan of uh, of uh, taking like I love ginger ale when I'm on an airplane, but I don't know why it just tastes better at, at a super high altitude. But you mix that with some rum or some bourbon. That's a that's how I like to fly. But however you like to fly, as long as it's got alcohol in it, that's what uh, that's what matters the most. Um, boy, this chat is is a lot of fun. Uh, I don't really know what to say about all of the people wanting us to do a, a stripping episode. Uh, not if, but when this show falls on April Fools. We've done this long enough. You would think that I think we've actually done an April Fools episode already. Yeah, Shit, we, we missed the opportunity. We switched with blinkers off. Oh, that that's was right. Highest, yep. That was their highest rated show ever. That's true. Yeah, it was their highest rated show ever. Uh, but hey, we're happy you're here to join us. We've got Gulfstream Parks Late Pick 5. Uh, and we're not going to waste too much time because Mike and I, a lot of times we agree on things or see things pretty clearly. Boy, let me tell you, that did not happen to this one, and understandably so. If you haven't looked yet, not just the late pick five, the entire card at Gulfstream, um, there's not really one big standout horse that you can go, yeah, that's the one that you can single and feel confident about. It's not like when we had Life is Good or when we had Nick's Go uh, in the Pegasus World Cup in the past. So uh, it's a very tough card. Let's get right into it, buddy. Riders up! Buddy Warrant got a win today. I did notice that he was, uh, I think he was back at Fairgrounds today, but yeah, Warrant was back and got a win. And yeah, it's gonna, that's that's all we have to say about that. We do have the Lake Pick Five at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, January 28th, race nine, the grade three WL McKnight Stakes, 12 males, four and up, going a mile and a half on the turf. It's a three turn marathon. Mike Makers won this four of the last six years. Todd Pletcher's won three of the last eight, including with Avon, who comes back to defend his title here in the spot. Where'd you go on top? I went with my old friend Channel Maker on top. Hey, I don't think I've ever picked this horse before. Uh, generally, not a big Channel Maker fan. This isn't a very good feel for, for the level that we're expecting on these type of days. Channel Maker won last year at Keeneland. It was the same thing. The field wasn't that great. This to me is a kind of a class play where speed's been doing well. Channel Maker should be forwardly placed. There isn't a ton of other speed in this spot. I'm going to rely on channels make, Channel Maker's class to get the job done. I'm going four deep. I'm going to go two deep in three of the five races. I'm going to spread in the two others. This is one of those races that I spread out a little bit, but I, I did have Channel Maker as a lukewarm top pick. Uh, this is one of those races we're completely disagreeing. That's all right. I'm going to go with the, I went with the uh, two of the Mike Maker horses in here. He's got a, quite a few of them. I think four. Yeah, I see four there on the screen. Uh, <clears throat> excuse me. I'm going to stop with, start with the number nine value engineering at eight to one. A horse that, if you remember him, was with Chad Brown for a long time. Uh, there's a lot of ex-Chad Brown horses that show up on this card. It'd be really fun if they had a bigger day than old Chatty Chad did. Uh, Value Engineering, first time out for Mike Maker. It was in the HL and Jerkin Stakes. Supposed to be a two-mile turf marathon over this course. It got rained off onto the synthetic. Didn't matter. The horse won pretty handily. Beat a bunch of horses he's going to show up with uh, to face here. If you watch the replay, it's not just that he won impressively first time with Mike Maker. He was 3-4 wide, all three turns. This horse never got to save ground, and yet he wins by a length and a quarter. Now we're second off the layoff. And remember, Mike Maker won the uh, won the Pegasus World Cup turf in 2019 with Zulu Alpha, a horse that was well into his career. They paid a lot of money for him. They paid $80,000 for that horse, brought him right back in here. And this is a horse that they bought privately, same connections. Uh, Michael Hoy, the owner, bought him off of Chad Brown and Clarevich Stables. They're putting him in this spot. I think all systems are going. I love that Jose Ortiz is riding back at an eight to one price. 
Yeah, I, I don't. <clears throat> so this would have been my fifth fourth in in the race. I, I considered the nine quite a bit in this spot. I don't take that three wide, three wide, three wide trip as seriously as I think you do. Um, that's actually not a terrible trip on the synthetic. <laughs> uh, yes, you're not saving ground, but the outside has been better on that course going multiple turns. And so I don't mind losing that type of ground, especially when like they were dawdling up front too. When you look at that pace, 117 to the six furlongs. So they weren't moving very quickly there. I wouldn't be shocked if value engineering wins, but it was the last one off my ticket. If you want to add it on there, I'd be five by two by two by two by five instead of four. Um, but I, I just couldn't get there. I did like a couple prices in this spot. My next pick is the three horse Powell Alto here for Grand Motion. I realize we're going to need to take a step forward here, but I like the fact that we're trying to stretch this horse out. The distance shouldn't be much of an issue out of a, a, a grandson of Galileo. Um, the horse did go a mile and a quarter twice in, in Europe, but both of those were in tougher spots and wasn't quite able to run their be his best race in that spot. I like all four of the U.S. efforts. I think all of them were fairly good. I like the fact that we're stretching out in distance. I think we're going to be a little closer to the pace, more like what we saw in the Artie Schiller, where we, we had a pretty good race, ends up running third in that spot. I like the pickup of the Tory because I think he fits this horse very well from just a strategic standpoint. And I still think Grand Motion thinks this is a pretty good horse. And that's where I'm really leaning on here is that Grand Motion keeps putting this horse in tough spots. I like the stretch out here. I think we got a good shot at being closer to the pace because of a paceless race. And I, I think the distance is going to make the difference today for Palo Alto. So I, I put the three in second. And then give me the five. Agatera, 20 to one in third here. So that's going to be my third horse on the, on the ticket. If you look at that race last time out, okay, so we run once in the U.S., go two miles, able to win going two miles. Kerry Bren, generally a jumper trainer, but a very good trainer, a very good horseman who can win on the flat track as well, brings this horse back into that H. Allen Jerkins that was going to be, again, at that two-mile distance on the turf. Take the race off the turf. You put it on synthetic. And if you don't, like, watch the replay of this horse at the start. All systems were locked right there. I mean, the horse literally rears up out of the gate, Way in the back, never a chance. But note the price. The horse was $2.80 to one. Now we're getting 20 to one on the board where we know the horse won't have an issue with the distance. We know the horse likes the turf with a trainer that likes going long and a horse that's been both tactical and closed in Europe. If you go through the races, some of them are forwardly placed, some of them are way back. So style-wise, this horse can handle whatever's thrown at it. I like the five post because that first turn comes up real quick going a mile and a half at Gulfstream Park. I don't mind Leperu in these spots. Every now and then you see him steal these races on the front end or sit very close to the front end and take the race away. I think 20 to 1 is a crazy price on the five here. I agree with you. That is a great price if you like the, the five edge tar. Um, you're right. So that was the value engineering race that you're talking about when he threw his head. Reared at the start doesn't do it justice. That horse almost no. flipped backwards when the gate, because his head was cocked so far to the left. I think that um, the gate guy was holding on to him a little too tightly there, but complete scratch off and you're right the horse was five to two in that spot and, and several horses are coming back like i mentioned um that is the one for sure that you could just say draw a line through no chance really whatsoever um the four uh, sorry the three Palo alto was one i looked at uh pretty closely motion to tori going to team up with a couple horses in this card or in the sequence that we're going to talk about here um the fact that motion you know immediately puts him into a grade three uh at pimlico and, and he gets second to set piece who's a, a good horse going especially going a mile um the other races after that they're spotty here and there but you know you look at who we faced last out city man decorated invader they're both in the pegasus world cup turf that we're going to talk about later uh big everest beat him two back big everest was a monster at one point on the turf uh before he suddenly hit a wall but he was facing good horses so you're getting great value on both of them uh next up for me actually yeah i'll talk about next up for me I'm, the other maker i'm using I am going to use the 11 red knight. Uh, the, the post is a little bit of a concern for him as well as for value engineering. But uh, last year returned from an 11 month layoff. First start for Mike Maker after being with Bill Mott. He wins a Colonial Cup at Colonial Downs. Uh, he wins two straight mile and a half races. Goes to Keeneland for the Sycamore. He's way too far back in that big field there. Um, a, a really rough trip. Corrales didn't do him any favors, and yet he's still close to be uh, within a half a length of second place in that race. Yes, he was eighth, but he, it was a monster wall of horses behind Highland Chief there. Uh, scratch off those last two starts, like I said, he didn't belong in the Breeders' Cup turf. There's no reason, really, that he should have been there other than I think he won the spot because he won the Kentucky Turf Cup at Kentucky Downs. Uh, I think this horse is going to be great. Irad is picking up the mount. That's a big sign to me. Um, he's a big, deep closer, but Irad knows his turf course and how to close on it 
as well as anyone. He was Colonel Liam's rider for the last two uh, Pegasus World Cup turfs. Won both of those with Colonel Liam. So uh, I will ride with Irad Ortiz Jr. on Red Knight. And then from a pace perspective, and we'll talk, I saw someone had a, a comment in the chat. We'll turn it over to you, Mike, to talk about that in a second. I went with the four Aban, the defending champion. His last few races, boy, they did not go so well for the source. He wins the Jerkins uh, last or December 2021, goes to McKnight, uh, presses the pace, draws off to win by two lengths, looks great. And then after that, things just kind of fell apart for him. The, the McDermott, uh, he didn't get the lead. That, he didn't get to be close to it. That's a scratch off. The Pan American didn't have the lead, still ran a good second to Gufo, who ended up winning uh, a bunch of grade one races uh, throughout his career. The Man of War, not a good spot for him. The Belmont Gold Cup, at that point, I think Todd Pletcher was like, look, we haven't given this horse a break since he broke his maiden over about a year ago. So we're going to give him a break. They brought him back an optional claimer. Boy, I really hope that that is not a sign this horse has just given up racing because that horse, as the eight, nine to five favorite, should have had every reason to succeed and completely fell apart. Uh, now we're stretching back out. The fact that Pletcher puts him back in here, gives him another shot, and Luis Sayas, who was Channel Maker's rider for forever, said, No, no, this horse that really has just been off form his last three races, I was aboard. I'm going to ride him instead of Channel Maker. I think he's got the inside draw to either set the pace if he wants to or be very up close to the front. Uh, I don't see the three Palo Alto going shoddy, shoddy, shoddy. He's not going to go. Time for trouble may. Not really sure what Harmio will do, but I think he's going to sit a great trip, saving ground or at least too wide and be in range. If he's good enough, he should be able to at least be there to defend his championship. But that is a big if. And at five to one, I understand if you're like, mm, not, nope, not going to take five to one on him here. Yeah, five to one seems wildly low. I mean, this horse should be twenty to one in this spot, something like that, for me to be interested in him. Uh, a bond, like the horse has just stopped five straight races, and and you you mentioned okay, they're tougher spots, good horses. The paces have been slow in a lot of the races where he has just stopped as well, and so I'm I'm not willing to take him at this long of a distance. And I do think there's other pace pressure in here. Um, Carl Ramron brought up a horse here, Harlan Estate, the, the eight horse, who I think is going to be very involved in the early pace. If you want to make a case for the for him being able to go 12 furlongs, that's where the key is here is can we get that 12 furlongs? Um, make the case that Rosario put him out in front. That's the case I want to heard made here, Carl Ramron. I mean, I, who knows what Rosario is going to do? But you would think that horse is going to show some speed and be up front. Rosario did uh, take one field gate to wire this week so far, so that's not terrible. Um, and you're getting 20 to 1 versus 5 to 1 in a horse that's consistently quit. So if I was going to play a speed shot here, I would play Harlan Estate trying to go gate to wire versus a bond going gate to wire. Um, I did go use one other horse here. I'm going to use the six temple. Uh, this one, I just, to me, makes a ton of sense on paper. You get a much better post than the other two makers on the outside. Horse has been fairly consistent. Yes, we've lost to Red Knight before. Um, yes, we've lost to a bomb before. But this one is one where the off the bench efforts have been very good for this horse. The distance uh, suits this horse three seconds and six tries. And Temple loves Gulfstream Park. 15 races over this curve course, five wins, five seconds. I mean, we're just bashing Rosario when I'm picking Florent Giroux, but you know, it happens. So uh, I'm going to go, I'm going to go with the three, the five, the six and the seven here. And what is really a wide open race? I mean, this is, this is, I would say this to me, the second toughest race in this sequence. Uh, I do want to go back to Carl Rammer real quick. He said, uh, given that they'll be going a dawdling 12 furlong pace around three turns, does that influence how you cap the normal speed bias on the Gulfstream Park turf course? For me, the answer is no, it's a marathon. It's probably just going to be an all out sprint uh, at the end. But what about you, Mike? No, it doesn't. I mean, I, lone speed is still really dangerous there. Um, th there are certain horses like a bond who I'm going to kind of throw out, even though they can be lone speed in these situations because we've seen them quit in those styles. Um, but I would still want horses that are forwardly placed uh, or saving ground. And I mentioned on the, on the synthetic saving ground, not as important on the turf course. It is very important going three turns. You want to make sure you're able to. And I also would pretty heavily favor the horses from that, you know, seven, eight post in because of this how fast the first turn comes up here because you, you can see some horses hung three four wide around the first turn and then all of a sudden you're jockeying for per position which generally means you're giving up ground or using horse in the front stretch the first time through because you either have to tuck behind someone or push the horse forward in front of someone either way not an ideal situation if you want to try and then save ground in the second turn and then oh by the way you're probably gonna have to swing wide the third turn unless you're up close so it, it just creates tough trips for anyone who's kind of outside that that eight post who's not going to go to the lead Right. Harlan Estate may go to the lead. Therefore, the post isn't as big of an issue there. But when you get to value engineering, reigning spirit, red knight, wicked fast, you got to work out a trip from those spots and you have to be the best horse if you're going to win the race. 
Uh, we'll move on here, but I, I did know that Florent Giroux was sitting on win 1999 looking for 2000. Didn't realize that was he rode Warrant today. So Florent Giroux officially a 2000 win machine. Uh, so, since fitting sincere, team up. Congr <laughs> sincere congratulations to him on that one. Uh, yeah, fitting team up there, but it is uh, he did get 2000, and that's 2000 more than Mike and I have combined. So good for him. Second night, late pick five, Goldstream Park, Saturday, January 28th, race 10. It's the grade three Fred Hooper Stakes. 13 older males don't even fit on the screen here going a one turn mile actually it will be 12 hoist the gold scratched out of this so huge field even though there's now uh, just 12 instead of 13 four saffy horses who could all be juiced to run their career best effort which one's gonna do it i don't know who you got on top i do know the answer to that but it's my second pick not my first uh when you look through this field it just screams collapse there is so much speed in this race for a mile effort I, we're looking to look at 22, low 40 or high 44, low 45, and there's going to be some horses that are stumble bunning around the turn. And I even get to the stretch before we start to see some stumble bunny action. I like horses that are closing in this spot. I want nothing to do with horses that are going to be up front because there are literally five horses that want the lead in this spot and will do almost anything to get it. I ended up with Miles D on top on the rail, who. I'm a little concerned about because it's Chad Brown, awful layoff. It's Rosario. There, there are red flags with this horse, especially at three to one. But the pace setup should be perfect for Miles D in this situation. Has some tactical speed, should sit mid-pack here and have by far the best kick. If Miles D is ready off the bench, he should be very tough in this spot. We'll see if it actually plays out that way. But if you look at him on paper and you look at the setup he's going to get, if you believe Chad Brown has him ready, and Chad Brown generally does not have or does have horses ready first time out, you got to think Miles D is going to be a major player in this spot. I didn't use him. Number one, uh, Rosario being aboard, uh, drawing the rail like this. I'm worried this horse is going to get pinched par, uh, too far Man, back. He's, you're just I, auto chucking Rosario, huh? Not completely. We'll get to that in a minute. Uh, <laughs> the, the, uh, in a later race. But this horse, I remember him. Every time I'd watch him run, he's just a big lumbering horse. And to me, a mile, especially a one-turn mile, this is just a prep for him to start doing stuff that's going to be longer down the road. I don't think that he's a one-turn mile horse. I know he broke his maiden at Belmont doing a one-turn mile, but you look at his best races, two turns at Saratoga, uh, two turns at Aqueduct. Uh, I know a mile and 16th at Belmont is, is a, a one-turn race, but he was you know, one to five favorite that day. Uh, the mine shaft off of a long, of a little bit of a layoff. You know, it, it was, you know, a big lumbering third. He was behind Olympiad and Silver Prospector, but you looked at the, the distance, he was within a length and then just kept falling back, falling back, falling back. He's not a, a horse that's got a lot of kick to him. He just kind of keeps coming and coming and coming. And it seems like a horse that, you know, maybe you build him up for the Breeders' Cup Marathon. Maybe that's what he'll be best at. Um, I just, I couldn't, especially now that I see that he's three to one, I couldn't use him here. Top pick for me, number six, Black Belt. Magically, I don't understand how this happened. That Peter Walder is just an absolute perfect trainer. Uh, three for three with three straight career high buyers since Walder claimed him for $16,000. And then he's going to show up here. Uh, let me repeat that. $16,000 claim. Then he gets a 76 buyer, 91 buyer, 97 buyer off the bench. We're second off the layoff. Irad is keeping the mount. This horse is five for 10 at Gulfstream. He's three for four at this one-turn distance. The only time that he lost was the race that he got claimed out of. Um, I look out this, I don't trust Peter Walder to, to, any more than I trust Safi Joseph, but let me tell you, I think this horse is going to be ready to absolutely fly. He also has good tactical speed. We talked about there being a lot of speed in here. I think he'll be able to sit off just at the right time. I read is smart. He'll wait and pounce at the right spot. Uh, what's the fastest mile this horse has ever run? Oh, geez. Uh, let's see. 130... 135.46. So the last time out, you're going to have to improve by close to a second to be able to win this race. That was my biggest issue here is that that buyer seems wildly inflated for the end time and the track variance that was going on there. Um, I don't think that's a real 97. I think that's a low 90s, kind of what you saw last time. Now, obviously, Irad and Walder, it's a, a, it's a team. <laughs> Things can happen. So I wouldn't be shocked if this one takes a little bit of a step forward from a 91, but not from that 97. You're not seeing a triple-digit buyer here from Black Belt coming out. And I disagree that there's tactical speed. I feel like when you watch Black Belt's race, he's one-paced. It's a fast pace, but he wants to be as forward as possible in every step of the race. In this spot where you have Niche and you have Octane and you have picking up pennies who are all going to go too, I think it's just going to be trouble for anyone who's on the lead. So I, I, I couldn't put anyone in there 
who I thought was going to be forwardly placed. And, and honestly, Black Belt would probably one I'd consider if, if I was going to look at those forwardly placed horses or if there's a couple speed scratches. But, man, I, I think it's going to be awfully tough for him to be able to be close to this pace and run a career best race right off of a career best race. If anyone will do it, I'm going to trust uh, either Safi Joseph or Peter Walter to get the job done. Uh, uh, next up for me, I know you went too deep, so I'll go next. Uh, I went with the number nine endorsed. I didn't mean to have him highlighted there on the screen, but yet there he is. There we go. Uh, third off the layoff, back-to-back -back solid efforts. I don't understand. And this isn't me being glib this time. Uh, this horse is just giving, like, he's looking the best we've ever seen him. And he's now seven years old. He's still intact. He just has looked like a, a completely different horse in those last two starts. I went back and watched the replays because I was like, this can't be that same endorsed, but it is. I, it, somehow it's still the same endorsed there. Uh, I really think that he's going to have the good tactical speed. He's got a good kick. Saez is picking up the mount. Ignore the fact that we talked about this before. He just doesn't ride many maker horses that have much of a chance at Gulfstream Park. Away from Gulfstream, they're great together. Not so good here, but he also has two wins and six in the money finishes from seven starts at Gulfstream. And that one time he, that he was out of the money, Last year's Pegasus World Cup at 85 to 1, he got fourth in that field. That was a really good effort considering he was in way over his head at that point. So uh, I went with him here. Um, I, I don't mind that TGAF is going to stay on prevalence, who I'm not touching here. Saez was aboard for the only other time that he rode this horse, he got a win. So uh, I have endorsed in second. Yeah, I, I endorsed in third. He was the last off uh, horse off in this race for me. I like the fact that we went from six and a half to seven, and now we're going to go a mile, kind of building up into this race. So I, I wouldn't be shocked if the nine makes some noise here. I went to the outside of the nine. I went to the 10, the Reds is my other horse that I'm going to use. And this is that sheer pace collapse angle. I think the Reds is going to be absolutely flying late in this race, has shown speed going longer has been going two turns. Now we're cutting back down to one turn. The pace is going to set up for someone to come from off it. And the Reds is going to be the horse that I think is going to benefit from the most being way back. Going to have to work out a trip. Going to have to get through some horses. But I love the 12 to 1 price on a horse that I think is going to get the absolute best pace set up. And you look at the other Safi horses in here. They're going to all hit the engine. I mean, you know that picking up pennies is going to go. You know that Misha is going to go. You're going to have other horses up there with the two of them. You're going to see the pace set up. And I think the Reds is the horse that can take advantage from off of it. I think that's the horse, the best late closing click kick here going a mile. He's going to need a collapse. Uh, he's got five career starts at a, at a one-turn mile or shorter, and he's never even come close to sniffing the board. So uh, I didn't like him for that. But, there, you know, those races, he probably didn't have all this speed that, to be facing and come back to him. Um, especially the Greenwood Cup in a mile and a half. I mean, that first of all, probably way too long for a son of Tonalist. Uh, but that was a very speed favoring track as well. So it didn't do him any favors. Uh, I did also use a Safi Joseph horse. I did not use that one. I, if there's one horse that if something crazy happens and everybody goes, there's a bunch of speed in here, I don't know, I'm going to take back slightly, like say Mike Smith on the four octane. Uh, watch out for Mish, the number three horse, Edgar Zayas. I've picked him before and succeeded on this show. Um, I think he's the speed of the speed. He drew inside all of the other speed. I don't think that, like I said, Mike Smith is going to go. I, if Jose on the on another Safi horse uh, picking up pennies, if he goes, that would be stupid. So I don't think that he necessarily does that as well. You start knocking off, you know, the the, the eight Doc Amster. I know is one that you've loved before, but he's like Jared. He can't last more than a minute and change. Horse is going to be second off the six month layoff, cutting back to one turn, which is his specialty. After trying two turns over this course last out and just. Kind of fading a little bit. I think that gave him some good fitness. Two for three going a one-turn mile. Only loss was at the end of a 10-race sequence without a break. And the adventure, the winner was Cody's Wish. He ended up being pretty good in mile races. So uh, all that to say, you know, I did like this. I went 3.69. Damn, she fine. I, I, if it weren't for all the speed, I would love the three in this box. I do think the three is the best speed horse and probably the speed of the speed. But... There's just so much in here. It's hard for me to end up with any speed horses. So I ended up going with the one and the 10 here and just trying to get through with two horses. What the hell's happening? Oh, somebody's at my door, apparently. That, it always happens, right? When we're live, I get a delivery of some sort. Third leg of the late pick five at Gulfstream Park, Saturday, January 28th. Race 11, the grade three Pegasus, Philly and Mare Turf. 11 older. Well, it was 11 older girls. Shit, I didn't realize this. We've got three scratches here. We're down to a field of eight. Okay, well, that changed... That changes the complexion a little bit. They're going to mile on the 16th on the grass. Trainer Chad Brown has uh, won the first running of this race last year with Regal Glory. He's got Shanna Sara in here. She's the 9-5 to five favorite with those three scratches, probably be even a lot lower than that. Where'd you go on top? 
I went with the three-horse Wakanaka on top here. Um, I realize we're going a little bit longer than mile and the 16th, but last time we went a mile and the 16th, Wakanaka was successful at Woodbine, winning a grade two there. So I'm not as concerned about the distance. I thought this horse just kind of kept getting a little bit better as the year went on. Uh, I realized that the best buyer came back in July or in June, but if you go and look at the races that, that she was competing in outside of the Woodbine mile when she was facing the Phillies, she ran very well. The pace setup, I think, is pretty good here for here for her here as well. You've got a couple horses that want to go. It should set up for horses that are sitting from right off the pace, and that is exactly what Wakanaka is going to want to do. To me, this is really a two-horse race. I thought this was the easiest race of the sequence. I felt like you could go three Wakanaka and nine Shantasara, and you were through. I'd be surprised if anyone else is able to win this. I, I realize Delika's in here, but I don't like the setup for Delika. Thought Lady Rockstar maybe is playable, but I just. To me, this was this was a situation where you just go three nine, you move on to the next one, and, and hopefully uh, you're alive in the fourth leg. Uh, I'm going to pass on on Wakanaka. She has done a great job of showing up and competing well uh, against better horses, uh, but she hasn't been able to beat them. And I think a horse like Shanasara is going to be better than her on her best day in this spot. Uh, I don't think that five to one on Wakanaka is realistic. I think that she falls down to five to two is a lot more real, especially with the scratches in here. Uh, I expect her to take a lot of money. I'm with you on Delica, man. If this race ain't at Churchill Downs, I don't want anything to do with her. Uh, she does not seem to really show up that much outside of uh, Churchill Downs and whatever the hell they want to call uh, that grass painted or that green painted mess there. Uh, we both like the Shanisara pick here or the Shanisara horse. Um, classiest filly in the group. You look at who she's been facing. She's had trouble staying healthy in her career, but if the last out bomb was just a fluke, kind of a big if here, but if it was just a complete fluke here, she should be hold to tough, uh, tough to hold off down the lane. And you got to like that Iratis picking up the mound as well. Um, Shanisara, maybe she caught a little bit of the bug that Flavian Pratt's been giving to all the horses in California lately. Uh, Irad is a big uh, upgrade over, this, uh, over Flavian Pratt at this point. So uh, I will take her here. Uh, hopefully that she ends up running in this. If she doesn't, you know, she ends up scratching or something like that because apparently there's a big uh, wave of scratches going on. Uh, things are a little bit different, but I, I do like Shanna Sara here. Nine to five, not happening. Even money, do you think? Does, that, does she slip under four to five? Um, no, I think people are going to bet Delica. I think people are going to bet Wakanaka. So I think you're probably going to see somewhere in the six to five to seven to five range for Shanna Sara when they break from the gate. Uh, those two will take some money. Queen Goddess and Lady Rockstar shouldn't be cold on the board either. So you have four other horses that I think are going to take some action, which would help keep her price above even money. Um, one horse who I think is a little bit interesting here, Artie's Princess on the rail. I think Artie's Princess goes. And if Delica decides, hey, I'm going to let this 20 to 1 shot go, and notice that Jose Ortiz picks up the mount as well. I'm going to go let this 20 to 1 shot go. I think Artie's Princess all of a sudden becomes dangerous if for some reason Chantasara doesn't get a clean trip because she could take this field gate to wire if she's uncontested on the lead. We'll see if that happens, but it's something you got to at least – uh, look out for because I, I guarantee you Jose Ortiz is firing out of the gate. I'm not sure what Brian Hernandez Jr. is going to do. Uh, well, Jose Ortiz wrote her last two starts and fired out of the gate is not exactly what you would say happened, even though she broke from the rail last time out. Um, I went with my next pick. I went with the seven Lady Rockstar, yeah. the second, the other Brendan Walsh horse in here. Uh, realize, second off the. Do you what? realize that was a six and a half and seven furlong races, right? She fired out of the. She fired out of the gate at six and a half. She fired out of the gate at six. She fired out of the gate at six, and the pre starts uh, before that. So Dude, I don't care. And four. She was she's, she's, okay. Twenty three and one, and she was three lengths off last time out. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. Yeah. Okay. That's a good thing you didn't put her on your ticket. That's all I'm going to say. Lady Rockstar, second off the layoff after posting career best buyer and running a solid effort despite having to break from the nine post. Not going to do that here. It'll end up being the six post now that with all the scratches. Um, going a mile over this course. She's now two posts closer. Like I said, she gets an extra 16th of a mile of ground uh, to get over before the turn. She loses Irad to Shanisara, but Tgaf rode her to win her North American debut last May, so I like her. And then I'm going to go bombs away with the four sweet enough. Roger Atfield has sprung big surprises before on big days. He's better in turf stakes. Sorry, turf graded stakes in overall. He's actually 15% as opposed to 13%. He got the grade three Appleton one in 2021 uh, here at Gulfstream Park. With Junior Alvarado aboard, he's hopping back aboard here. Last time out, I thought she had a really impressive kick to uh, catch a loose leader who was 
gone of this seemed like at the top of the stretch uh clicked off very easy 12s in the stretch she averaged 11 and 4 splits throughout the race and was not even being asked as she was just clicking off straight 12s uh in the final 316s there so i went 479 here but we finally have some agreement shantasara number nine yeah i just went three nine i i would not i yeah you could make a case with seven i don't know what you're doing with the four it's crazy talk uh, I listen. I had to find a big bomb price in here somewhere. Let's go to the penultimate leg. The one on the rail the... <laughs> no, no, that's a lot of fu- that's a lot of fires that they got put out when Jose Ortiz got aboard. Penultimate leg of the late pick five at Gulfstream Park, Saturday, January 28th. Race 12, the first of two grade one races. This is the Pegasus Turf. 12 older males plus two also eligible is going a mile and eighth on the lawn. I made a rule in here. Don't touch any four-year-olds, freshly turned four-year-olds that are facing older horses for the first time. I hope this doesn't bite me in the butt like that bullet did to Forrest Gump in Vietnam. Where are you going on top? Interesting. Uh, look, I'm going to go with the six lady spite sphere on top. I, I covered this race for, for Racing Dudes previews, and I went back and forth on this one quite a bit. I don't think this is that easy of a race. I'm only going to end up too deep here. But when you kind of go through everything, you got Ivar in the 10, you got City Man in the 12. Those are both tough posts. There's enough tactical speed that you, it's going to be tough for either of them to be less than three wide if they want to be anywhere close to the lead. And then you look at Lady Spike Spear. I thought that effort was great at the Breeders' Cup. She ends up running to third to Tuesday and in Italian. Uh, she won three straight prior to that. So you know that she was in good form going into it. I like the fact that Saez is riding again. I think that is a, a good look there. And she's got tactical speed to sit a great trip from the six post. She should sit right behind the leaders, be able to make first run. I think she's got a monster shot here at six to one. And for the record, Magic is the ornery one today, not Mike. Whoa, where did that come from? <laughs> Not earner at all. Listen, these last two races, uh, we're going to have some agreement here. Uh, I think, did you just go too deep on your ticket? Yeah, I'm just too deep. You did. So we used both of them. So I definitely agree with Lady Spites here. Wasn't my top pick uh, in the race, but um, I, boy, I, it's very curious that she's here and that she's not facing the other Phillies and Mares. And, you know, you, you don't like the other at field that's in there, uh, the 20 to 1 pick. So it seems like she could win that or be very contentious with Shantasara. But they're going to put her in here. And I think that's really telling for Roger Atfield. He's not someone that's going to do that. I am reading the chat that I saw. That, where is it? That, right there. Mike was ornery today. Papa Dude even said it. Boom. No, I didn't think you. I didn't think anybody was ornery. I thought we were having a great old time. By the way, Dudes Who Bet Daily was the best we've ever had today. You should check that out. Every Wednesday through Sunday at noon Eastern, 9 a.m. Uh, I did like Lady Spite Spear. I'll let you talk about the other horse. I'll move on. Uh, I, the other two horses I used. They're going to need to get over, uh, but luckily with Goldstream Park, the mile and eighth, it's not a mile and a sixteenth. It's not a mile. They have a little bit of time to actually get over, and so the top pick for me is the 12 City Man at 4-1. to one. I'm pretty confident he's the most talented horse at this distance in this field. Pose is a little scary, but beat Decorated Invader last time out in the local prep. In that race, Decorated Invader was breaking from this exact same post. If you watch what happens in that race, he breaks cleanly. Decorated Invader isn't rushed up and is able to still sit second, just barely too wide heading into that first turn. He had plenty of time to get settled. I got a feeling Rosario's going to be able to do the same thing here, and City Man was able to win the Fort Lauderdale because he saved a lot of ground through both the turns. I think as long as he doesn't get stuck, you know, three, four, five wide here, we should be okay. But it is Rosario, so who knows what the hell's going to happen. Uh, Rosario, pretty cold at the meet, pretty cold lately, but he is 6 for 12 at Goldstream Park, riding for Christophe Clement, and he's won six of the last seven turf mounts, on City Man, forget the fact that that other L was because of a super bad trip because it's Rosario. It can't always get a job done, but uh, hey, what do you know? What do you do? Um, we did have someone, the next horse for both of us here. Where was it? Uh, there we go. Dr. Tang wants to know, can a tone go wire to wire here, Mike? Well, Dr. Tang, I'm glad you asked because the answer is a uh, hell yes, he can. I like a tone. Yeah. Here, the one. Uh, clear loan speed in this spot. If you look at that last race, a tone went mile 16th over the aqueduct turf. Looked good doing it. This is a great spot for Tone to get out, get loose. You have other horses with speed here, but no one else who ever has any interest in sniffing the lead. And that is a great spot for a horse that a Tone should be a length to a length and a half up into that first turn, be able to control the pace, slow it down on a turf course that loves speed right now. I'm just going 3-6 here. I'm trying to get through this race too deep with a 12-1 to and a 6-1 to so that I'm able to spread out what I think is a very tough final race, the Pegasus. 
look, City Man, I just can't with the 12 post. I, I would rather play City Man than Ivar. I'll, I'll put it that way. If, if it weren't for these posts, I'm more interested in just the general horse City Man than Ivar, especially going mile and an eighth. But I just I couldn't get around the fact that the City Man wants to be middle pack to close to the pace. And there's so many horses that want to be middle pack close to the pace. He's either going to have to give up position or go wide. Either way, I don't love it for City Man. That's why he ended up off the ticket. I think Wit's a little interesting on the rail. I know someone mentioned that in the chat as well. Um, he should get a very good trip. Should be the inside horse of that second flight. But man, I think Atone could steal this thing out front. So I'm going to only go with the three Atone and the six Lady Spite Spear. I would have, you know, what I should have done is waited a week to get my hair cut because I could have said if Wit ends up winning this race, I'll get my hair, I'll shave off all my hair. Um, it's a practical joke horse going a mile and an eighth. Have we all lost our damn minds? No, get out, especially because if here's a real thing aside from that, he's never faced older horses. We've seen plenty of get better out. horses than Wit, much better horses than him, try to come up here and win this race at their first start at four, facing olders for the first time after looking good in the Hollywood Derby. <laughs> no. No, no, no. That's all right. Neither of us are using them, so that works out well. Um, so you, uh, we both like Atone. We both like Lady Spite Spear. Last one for me, the 11 Masterpiece at 10 to 1, bought after the Breeders' Cup and sent to Sappy. I need to clarify this for the podcast, people who didn't see the chat. I'm saying Juice F, not Juicef, Juice F, because, well, it should be obvious. It's Sappy. Uh, he's getting Tyler Gaffleon to ride back after the Breeders' Cup turf. God knows why he was at the Breeders' Cup turf. It doesn't really make much sense to me, but they did pro uh, buy this horse privately afterwards, and they send him straight here into a grade one race. Um, he's perfect three for three at this distance. Got a three and a quarter length of victory in the Eddie Reed stakes. Yeah, that was in California, but now we've got the juice man uh, helping us out here. He's a mid-pack closer, shouldn't have too many issues with the wide draw because, again, you've got most of that front stretch to try and get into a position uh, and get him over. And, you know, Gaff Leone is as good at Gulfstream Park as anyone, including Irad and Luis Saez. So I will take the 11 masterpiece. I love that I'm getting 10 to 1 on this horse as well. That To me, that's a big sign. Yeah, I didn't listen to much you said there. I'm trying to sweat out a, a Pegasus World Cup seat. I just had the winner at uh, Turf Paradise where the tournament ends. But if the horse is 3 to 1, I don't know if it's enough. So now I got to sweat out what the will pays are going to be. I think it is. I need $10. You think we can get $10 out of a three to one? Anyway, we're going to see what happens here. That's why I was leaning over there because I needed the horse to win. And he did. And never, everybody in the chat knew it too. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Sweat out the win place prices. And Dr. Tang knows how hard I've been trying to just freaking chase this thing down. So it'd be great to get one the day before I fly there. Anyway. Yeah. Masterpiece. Grace horse. Never would use it. No, thanks. Not even a little interested. Not even with the juice man. Uh, Navarro is the vegetable man. The vegetable juice, man. That's that's him. The Safi just keeps it short and simple. Um, everybody in the chat knew what was happening, too. They all went, Mike won something. What was it? I was leaning, man. I had to get that horse up. I had to help it. This is Turf Paradise. The horses at Turf Paradise need every ounce of help they can get. I'd love to know, Dennis, uh, let us know in the chat because you, you think I'm, not, I'm ignoring you here. This is kind of why. How do you know what my back looks like and how much back hair is on there? That's a little, little bit too much for me. Mike got it. Mike got it. Yeah. Thank so you. So what did you remind me? What, what did you win? Pegasus, Pegasus betting? World Cup betting challenge seat. $6,000 seat for this Saturday. And it came at the hands of Turf Paradise? Yeah, they've been giving you Turf Paradise races to close out the major sequences. It was yesterday and today. Um, and yeah, wow. yesterday I, I was in fourth when the last race. I needed a horse. Didn't happen. This time we got her. Him, maybe. I don't know. I forgot I did use another horse. We'll talk about it real quick. The four Hurricane Dream, the other motion to Tory uh, team up that's in this sequence here. Uh, this is the last one to make my ticket here uh, for the entire sequence. But, you know, Grand Motion, Ofer's last 13, first time North American horses. It's not a great sign, but what is a great sign? Frankie DeTore rode this horse two back in a group two in Germany, just missed by a head. Uh, there's a lot of just misses here, but I think this the reason a big reason they sent this horse over here for a six-year-old season. They're looking for firm turf. If you actually scratch off all of these soft turf uh, spots in his last two years, his time form figures actually say he fits. He's got a 114, a 114, a 113, and a 114. Those are all equivalent to 100-ish buyers for him. And if he gets the firm turf at Gulfstream Park, you know, I, I, there was something about that that was enticing. And then he had that really nice, firm training turf work going 58 flat on January 22nd. You don't usually see motion get them cranked up and, and running that fast, especially on turf, right before they're going to run in a big race like this. So I did use the four Hurricane Dream, normally a horse that I would completely pass on. To me, there were just too many signs 
telling me that I could fit him on here, so I did. Yeah, I, I looked at this horse for quite a while because this is the type of horse I like to use. I, I, this is the classic unknown horse, right, where you're not quite sure what you're getting in a field that looks like it's wide open. What knocked me on this, we talked a little bit about the show, a lot of grade twos and grade threes, but the earnings in those grade twos and grade threes is like a hundred grand. And when you have seven or eight of them and the horse is consistently finishing second or third, you kind of like, oh, what were we really facing over there? Because there are some bigger pools, there are bigger, bigger races, and then there's smaller graded stakes over, over in Europe. And this horse has been competing in all the smaller ones, not winning any of them, and just kind of chipping away at the earnings. So I, I kind of took a pass here. Like, also, you got to figure out where you're going short in the sequence. I, I think this, the fact that you're going five deep in a race I'm going two deep, and you're singling in a race I'm going five deep just shows you how difficult this overall sequence is. And you got to really decide, okay, where am I going to take my shot? We both generally try and keep these, these tickets to under hundred bucks. If you're going to do that in this sequence, you have to take some chances. Yeah. Uh, it, but this also feels like if this was a horse that went to, uh, to Chad Brown, I know very different situations going to Chad versus Graham motion. Uh, if this horse was going to Chad Brown, I feel like a lot of people would be on him. You probably aren't getting anywhere close to 15 to one. And I think that's, I think what actually finally pushed him over was I saw 15 to one as I was typing up my ticket and I was like, all right, I'll throw him back on here. We made it work. Last leg of the entire late pick five at Gulfstream Park on Saturday, January 28th. By the way, if you're alive going into the Pegasus, God bless you. Good luck. Uh, Aaron and I and, and maybe other people, Mike will be on from time to time. We're doing a live show Saturday covering Gulfstream Park's late pick five. I think um, if you're going to be alive in the pick five or pick four, Come into the chat. If you're not watching anything else, come into the chat and, and let us know uh, during the live show because we'd love to cheer you home for you. But we got 12 horses in here for the grade one $3 million Pegasus World Cup. Lots of ways you could go. So many question marks. There's not a single standout here. Would you go on top? I think this is the tough race, toughest race of the whole sequence. I mean, I know some people are going to love Cyberknife and make a case for Cyberknife. If you don't love Cyberknife, I would love to know how you can have a massive opinion on any of these horses. I can't believe I'm going to say this. If you told me I was going to pick this horse two months ago, I would have thought you were crazy. Homer. I'm going to take Weta Barrio on top. Homer. I can't believe I'm saying it. Uh, look, 10 to 1 seems like a wild price for a horse that absolutely – yeah, show him in the, show, show the gold-plated Weta Barrio there. That a boy. One of the best horses last year in that three-year-old class. Did it? Got it done. You know where he went off to us all those points, Magic? Goldstream Park. He's a Goldstream Park. Player. You know where the Pegasus is run, Magic? Turf Paradise. Oh, that's wrong. No, no. It's a, that's a seat <laughs> for the Pegasus. It's a Gulfstream Park. Uh, look, Weta Barrio 4 for 4 over this track. Looked very good. Reunited with Tyler Gaffleone here. We all know that Safi's better in Florida. Has been for a long time. And when you look through this, again, we got a lot of pace in here. Um, there's clearly one horse that's the fastest. I'll get to that one in a second because I'm also using that horse. But there is enough pace for Weta Barrio to sit that Florida Derby S trip where you're, you're just behind that first flight, able to make one move around the turn, be able to fly home. He's training wonderfully for this, although Weta Barrio generally does train well anyway. And we're back in Florida. We're back at Gulfstream. Horse for the course here. And if you look at the numbers, this horse ran early in the three-year-old season. If that's the, the, the kind of the baseline, the improvement is there to be the best horse in this race. I respect Cyberknife. I hate Cyberknife's post. I hate Cyberknife for losing at the Breeders' Cup. I'm going to put White Barrio on top. I uh, listen. I'm not going to hate you for it. Putting I'm him on top is a, it's a lukewarm opinion, but but I'm putting White Barrio on top. <laughs> I do. Yeah, that's the thing. I putting him on top is where I'm like, ooh, but but using him, I don't disagree. I actually thought that his uh, the Cigar Mile was actually a sneaky good race for him. Uh, that was the same day that was the Remsen Stake, and if you remember. That inside lane was absolute trash all day. There was like a three-inch puddle, just or a three-inch river just running uh, that first lane and a half on the inside there. And he was stuck inside, and it was Mind Control, who was a, an amazing horse at a mile. White Barrio, I think, is, is proven that he's better going a little bit longer, especially going two turns. Getter number, it's Peter Miller. Sometimes the juice is working, sometimes it's not. Apparently that day it was working pretty well. But if White Barrio was on the outside of both of those horses, I am confident that he would have won the Cigar Mile uh, the way that he was running that day. And you're right, Tyler Gaffleon gets back aboard. The only bad race, really, that this horse has on his form with Gaffleon riding was a Kentucky Derby. The Haskell was a big mistake, and uh, we we know what uh, the ownership's opinion was of Rosario's ride that day. That's why he hasn't uh, shown up back on this horse since then. Um, boy, I, I, you know what? I applaud you for putting White Barrio on top, for coming on this show and saying that, that is a, a pretty big one. 
I did use one of the horses that you used of your five. And you know what? I thought this was going to be the crazy thing that was said for this race. Apparently not. I'm going to single Cyberknife here. <laughs> to me, it just feels like if Cyberknife is at his best, he is better than every horse that's in this field. Uh, he's two for three at the distance. He should have won the Breeders' Cup Dirt Mile. I, I still I watched that back and I'm like, I don't like Cody's wish just ran his absolute eyeballs out to get up there and get him. But, but he was fighting from the halfway point of that race all the way home, trying to go to mile. Now we're stretching back out to a mile and an eighth. Right? Again, I mentioned he's two for three at the distance. I've seen pictures. I've seen video of how he's training. He just looks like a horse that you're like, God, he's going to be so ready to fire his best effort. Here's the problem. Can we trust Florent Giroux? Can we really trust him any more than we could trust? Well, a little bit more than we could trust Rosario because there's some people, and if you haven't heard it yet, you will hear it all throughout the telecast. Gunrunner won from post 10 with Florent Giroux aboard. That's true. Cyberknife's not Gunrunner. I'm not going to go that far and say that this is the same horse. However, it just feels like this is he's ready to go. Brad Cox is, seems very, very excited about his chances in this spot. If Cyberknife doesn't win, there's one other horse I think could get the job done, but I'm really just going to rely on Cyberknife to do it here. Um, the fact that he beat Law Professor, uh, you know, finishing fifth in the, in the mile, came back and dominated the Queens County Stakes with a, a career best effort, his next one, that to me was a good sign as well. But really, if he gets out of the gate and he doesn't get stuck super wide in that first turn, I think Cyberknife wins this. Are we sure Cyberknife is that good? I mean, you got to ask the question at this point, right? The Haskell was kind of lucky to beat Taba. Taba was the better horse that day and didn't see him. The Travers got waxed by Epicenter and Rich Strike ran with him. Loses in a race he should have beaten Cody's Wish going a mile. Got waxed by Taba in between at the Parks Derby. Are we sure Cyber Knight's good? <laughs> I'm, just, I'm just asking the question. It's got to be asked. I think that he is better than, at his best, I think he's better than every horse in this field. And that's kind of what led me to it as well. But which is his best? Which of those races are you like, yes, that is, that is the race Cyberknife needs to run again? Because it's not the Travers. That's an inflated number. And like I said, he got waxed by, by Epicenter and was right there with Rich Strike. I don't really think it's the Haskell. Probably needs to be better than the Haskell. Obviously needs to be better than the Parks Derby. And we're going longer than a mile. So which which exact Cyberknife race is like, yes, he's the lock if he wins that, runs that. Arkansas Derby, Matt Wynn, those yeah. were good enough to get the job yeah. done. Haskell, he got the job done. Yeah, I know he did. I know he did. And yeah. he held off, by the way, he held off Zandon and everybody's favorite dumb Derby winner, Rich Strike, in the, in the Traverse. Like, he had every opportunity going too long in a mile and a quarter to fade, and he didn't. Like, he, he let Epicenter beat him, but my God, it was Epicenter who is the best three-year-old from that entire crop. Fight me in the chat. And to me, the fact that he was second to the best three-year-old in the entire crop there and has a win over Taba, I mean, I like both of those things. Yeah, that's that's fair. I, and by the way, everyone has held off Sandin. Every single horse in the three-wheel crop. <laughs> so that's not really anything you can stake your reputation on. Look, I use Cyberknife too because I do think it's a legit question to ask, is he that good? Because I do think he's going to get overbet in this spot. However, I think it's a tough race and I want to have him here because I have him as my third pick in this race. And I, I wouldn't be shocked if he wins. My bigger opinions in other places. And since I am taking shots through the entire sequence, literally I'm like, I have at least one 10 to one horse in every single leg of the sequence. I'm going too deep in three of, or three of the five. I'm willing to use the favorite here. And even though I don't have him on top, uh, I have to fund it as my other must use horse. Bob Baffert doesn't mess around when he sends horses out here. And I mentioned there's a lot of speed in here. You know who the fastest of the speed is? It's defunded. Defunded is going to get the lead. And then it's a question of, and we, okay, I, let's see your face. You can, you can come back at me in a second. If defunded gets the lead and gets loose by a length, he's, tough and the fact that irad decides to end up here as well i think it's all systems go here for defunded i'm a little worried he takes this field gate to wire if he does not get early pressure and everyone decides they want to sit right behind him i, I didn't make a face because i disagreed i made a face i was like yeah the, somehow defunded is is possibly at least from a time form figure is is the fastest horse my Obviously, it's Baffert six to one, and you're getting high red to ride, and that's usually uh, kind of a scary proposition. Although it didn't work out in the Pat Day Mile, but that was you know a year and a half ago, and he's a completely different horse since then. My big issue with Defunded is, yeah, he won the Awesome again. That gave him a chance to go to the Breeders' Cup. Bob Baffert sent a horse to the Breeders' Cup. He knew he was facing Flightline. He had the free spot with Defunded, and he said no. 
we don't want to go. We're going to stay home and win the grade three native diver stakes because that was a much better decision. I who who did he beat in the in the awesome again? He beat Country Grammar and a bunch of California dirt horses. It, when he ships out, he hasn't. Or, uh, when he shipped to Del Mar, the two races before that, he wasn't running well. Um, it just to me that he had he doesn't beat anybody. And Baffert has been on the record as saying he doesn't like to ship this horse anywhere, uh, which was another reason he kept him home from Keeneland. He is the fastest horse uh, according to time form. He does have Irad Ortiz Jr. riding. God, maybe I, I, I swear it's not just me just hating on Bob Baffert. I couldn't do it with this horse, but. Uh, he could win. And I'm not saying he couldn't win. I think this is a, a very likely winner. I think this is the, probably the second or third most likely winner in this field. I just couldn't pull the trigger on him because I look at who he's beaten and who he's faced, and there's nothing. There's no epicenter. There's no Taba. There's no, uh, no you know, anybody else that's in this. It, it, he just doesn't have those on his page. Yeah. I, the thing with the funded is you're right. And on every point, you're right. He's not beating the best horses in the world out in California. Although Country Grammar, for a while, was considered one of the best older horses. He just keeps running 12s. That's the thing. He miles in 136, comes home in 150. Like, he just keeps running 12s. And if he keeps running 12s and he runs them into the ground going, you know, 46, 110, which, by the way, he can do, it could be tough to get by this horse if, if he's not pressed early. So I, I think he, you got to – if you're going to spread here, Defunded has to be on your ticket from that case because there is – a much higher than non-zero chance that Defunded takes this this field gate to wire. So uh, Defunded was my second pick. I did have uh, I did have Cyberknife as a third, so I'm using the three of them. <laughs> okay, you can laugh at me. I'm using Proxy. <laughs> no, no laughs. I I don't even have the ability to laugh at that one. You I, like we talked about who is Defunded beaten. Yeah. Who did Proxy beat? Look at who Proxy barely barely beat in the grade one Clark, which they should demote it from a grade one. The simple fact that proxy won West willpower, Folsom last summarized here. He, he beat him in that. Do you want to touch any of those horses in this? I don't to me. Proxy is a complete toss. Okay. I, I hear the, the argument there. Here's the thing. Hit the board. Yes. Win. Absolutely not. Well, this horse is getting better. Okay. The last two races are the best two on the car. The horse is improving. I think Proxy has a shot to take another step forward. If he does, with a good draw, able to sit behind that speed, I think you can see Proxy make some noise here. I've always been higher on Proxy than you. By the way, I would have won our grade one bet that you refused to make because he did win a grade one in 2022. So, ha. That should not be a grade one race. That should be a grade two like the Plaza. If you had made that bet, which you were trying to do, um, I'm willing to give Proxy a shot. Look, I don't think this field is that good. Okay, let's all just remember Cyberknife is five to two. Okay, you're talking like Olympiad <laughs> yeah. was in this beat him by five last two races back. Olympiad would be what price in this race? Heavy favorite. Yeah. Okay, so this isn't a good field. We're making cases for White Barrio. Okay, like this isn't this isn't a Pegasus of yesteryear. This isn't that you don't have those horses that are that are ridiculous here. You've got a bunch of horses that have a lot to prove and so, proxy. Well, I hear what you're saying. Has won a grade one. His last two races are his best races. He's on the uptick. He gets a good draw with the right pace setup in front of him, which he was a little higher than nine to two. But I think that if you're go, if you're again, this is another spot where if you're going to spread, proxy makes sense to spread to me. Um, Alex Condiff in the chat says, "Sam was smoking." Just wait till you hear who the fifth horse is that he's got on his ticket. I'd love to hear your case for this one, Samich. With simplification, you don't like simplification at all. So oh. what fit like be, being a tie for seventh eighth sure oh i put the wrong number in <laughs> i'm gonna be using the seven skippy long stocking sorry not that makes sense okay i was surprised <laughs> you didn't have skippy on here yeah no i'm using the seven skippy long stocking is my last one in here i like this horse back in the triple crown trail um the last race out for saffy was strong uh <laughs> Gotta have something to roll it up with. Uh, the last race out in the Highlands Holiday was strong in the prep race over this. Now you're getting second off the layoff. I, th I've, I thought Skippy Longstocking was sneaky good in a lot of those three-year-old races, and there were always excuses as to why he didn't run a little bit better. You saw the talent last time out. Now you're getting second off the layoff. I think you could see that talent reemerge here. So I'm going to put Skippy Longstocking on the ticket. Um, and so you see, if, if you're looking at the uh, past performances, Irad rode him last time out in the Harlan's holiday. And I agree. It looked fantastic. And then I think it was a perfect setup for this race. Um, Irad riding defunded. I don't think it was Irad choosing that. I think Irad committed to defunded quite a while ago. And, uh, Jose Ortiz is going to pick up the mount. 
I, this is the other horse. If it's not defunded, that upsets Cyberknife. I think it's Skippy Longstocking. I think this is a great pick here. Uh, part of the concern, you know, you can only get so much snake venom in one order. Like, how many orders is Saffy placed? And he's got a lot of horses that he's going to have to try and disperse this to. Is he going to have enough left for Skippy Longstocking by this point? But uh, a great performance in the uh, in the Harlan's Holiday, second off the layoff here. I don't think he's going to bounce. You see, some of those works have been super sharp, including 47 and 1. Which, by the way, uh, which was leading up to the Harlan's Holiday, uh, that's the Mike Samich angle. It's not a bullet. It's seventh best out of 123, but he went 47 and one. That's that's fast. That, that's, I think this horse is gonna be ready to go. Yeah, he's, he's skipping right over that track. You made a great point. Look, a lot of times you got to be worried about these horses when you see career best numbers, and you hear so many people say, "Oh, the horse is gonna bounce." Right? That career best number is kind of coming at a logical time, right? It's coming two months off a layoff later in the three-year-old season. As the horse is maturing, it's not that much higher than the West Virginia Derby. And then the workouts off it are monstrous. That's the thing, is that you've seen that progression continue. I think Skippy Longstock is going to be ready to go. I, I would not be shocked. If actually, I would, wouldn't even be surprised if Skippy Longstocking ends up winning this. Should get a good trip as well. We talked about how, look, if the funded comes back, Skippy Longstock is going to be one of the ones sitting right behind that pace and get first run. If Skippy Long, like I, I could see White Abaro and Skippy Longstocking both turning for home head and head, and it's whether or not someone can catch them. Um, so I, I wouldn't be shocked at all if the sevens and, and ends up winning this race. Uh, last point, we'll, we'll uh, wrap things up here. Chuck Brower in the chat, Skippy paired up a negative one on Thorgrass. That is a very good number for him. Uh, remember, it's kind of like golf. The lower you can get, and especially in the negatives, uh, the better it looks there. Um, yeah, listen, uh, this is going to be an amazing card, uh, an amazing sequence here. Uh, thank you so much for joining us here. We'll go ahead. I usually leave a pause there, but screw it. I'll just do it right now. Thanks for joining Mike and I uh, to go through the late pick five at Gulfstream Park here uh, for Saturday, January 28th. A long show, but so many good races and so many big opinions. Uh, there's horses that neither of us used or talked about really that have chances too. And that, you know, it just is one of those things that you can't use every horse everywhere. As somebody said it, I think it was Chris Milo at the beginning. We could both spend $450 on tickets and we could both miss this. This is a very, very tough sequence. So if you're watching this and there's a horse that we didn't mention or like, that you're like, man, I really like this horse. Like I saw someone just mention riding with Biden. If you really have a big opinion on it, Catherine Page, go right ahead and do it. It's uh, a big one to do there. So uh, I want to thank everybody for real quick. That? If you were singling one horse that wasn't Cyberknife in the sequence, who would it be? Ooh, let me look back through here. Do, 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 do. That is a good question. If I had to single somebody, shit, I don't. Shanasara. That's probably the logical pick, right? Yeah. I mean, that's that will probably be the most singled horse in the sequence, is Shanasara. Yeah, and it's I, I say that because I'm not. Oof, that, that that's how like confident I am in that one. I'm like mm, the I'm, nine to five favorite for Chad Brown. <laughs> I would I would single Lady Spike Spear if I was singling one horse. Because I think Ooh. it's a wild separator and the horse has a very good shot at six to one. Well, see, that's why you're smoking 73K and I'm just smoking what I can find pick it growing up in the grounds right here. I shouldn't say that. My little nephew's in the chat right now. Uh, <laughs> legitimately. That is my, if you're watching the chat, hey Lucas, it's good to see you, buddy. Uh, <laughs> yeah, just kidding. Don't do drugs. Uh, all right, we're going to wrap up the show here. We'll go and give out our tickets uh, with the late, if I can find them here. There we go. And you updated it. Perfect. All right. We'll start off with our tickets one last time. I'll start. I'm going to go 4911 with 369 with 479, 346, 11, 12. Come on, Cyberknife, my single. If I'm alive to Cyberknife in that last, uh, goodness gracious, watch the live show. You're going to see me sweating bullets. Where are you going here, Mike? Going to cut deep if you're alive to Cyberknife in the last. Uh, I'm going to go with uh, three. I'm going to play 50 cent ticket. I'll go three, five, six, seven with 110, with three, nine, with three, six, with one, four, five, seven, ten. Cost you 80 bucks for 50 cents, and it will pay a lot if it hits. <laughs> uh oh boy uh okay <laughs> these comments by the way i do want to say this on a very serious note um the chat this is the best the chat i think has ever been for any show uh absolutely love everybody getting in here and throwing throwing barbs at us throwing barbs at each other it's so much fun when we can do this uh this show could go on for another hour and and it's just would be so much fun but hey we're not blinkers off we do got to get out of here or we'll let you get home uh, Mike, uh, any final thoughts before we get, I know you're going to Gulfstream Park this weekend, so hype that up a little bit. And what, and, and the reason why, other than the, the seat that you just won. 
But yeah, well, I'm in Pegasus World Cup betting challenge. I got to go to Gulfstream Park now. Uh, so yeah, it's, it's going to be a crazy weekend. First off, everybody, show some love for Golden Gate. If you're going to play tomorrow, Golden Gate has a mandatory pick six payout. So that's going to be a great pool tomorrow. It's going to be very big. That's going to be later in the afternoon. I love that afternoon racing. I'll be playing it down from Gulfstream. Uh, we've got the, obviously... Pegasus on Saturday. We're going to have a mandatory payout on Sunday at Gulfstream Park as well. So you got a couple of monster pools if you want to play into. Um, and then I'll be down at Gulfstream Park. I've got two live shows that we're doing on Saturday. I'll be on uh, ABR, America's Best Racing's live show that starts at 3.30. Uh, and then obviously the Racing Dudes is also having a live show. So I'll be jumping in from the paddock there in the race whenever I can as well. So uh, make sure you're checking out both those shows on Saturday. Lots to watch, lot to do, and some great racing. It's going to be a phenomenal day. And we didn't even talk about the Southwest, which I know, Magic, you're pretty excited about, too. Yeah, you got Arabian Knight making his big, long-awaited debut as a three-year-old, uh, coming back from that huge, monstrous Keeneland effort. And we've been sitting there waiting for... Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. By the way, I have a, a 63 caliber. My gunrunner Philly is uh, is in that the Sam Houston Ladies Classic. I they can't watch it, can't listen to it. Uh, this is why we need to be sponsored by ExpressVPN or somebody like that, because then we could just change our location. The feed's on RTN. Hey, now. All right. Thank you, Michael Samich, and uh, and your seventh place finish at uh, NHC for making that available for us. Uh, the Pegasus World Cup picks and wagering guide, it's not. I'm guessing this is why Blinker's off is delayed. Uh, they're putting the finishing touches on it. Um, Aaron and Jared, I'm sure, are working on the live bankroll article, which is, um, if you haven't played it before, it's literally what Aaron and Jared are playing. If we were there at the track, we won't be there this time. But if we were there, this is what we're playing. And from the, our homes, this is what we're going to be doing. And a big note here. Perfect six for six in the Pegasus. Can we go seven for seven as a racing dudes team? Uh, I will tell you that if we go seven for seven in the Pegasus, it's going to look good for me and my single uh, in the Pegasus World Cup. But that means Mike hits it as well. And maybe Mike or I will end up cashing the pick five. If you are playing along, let us know in the chat, in the comments. Throw your, your tickets down below, who you like. Uh, follow us on Twitter for all of the insights and information. And throw us some shade or so of what your picks are up there. I'm at Curtis Kellward. He's at Summer Bomb 18, number one, number eight. Remember, Mike will be at Gulfstream Park this weekend. So if you're there, hit him up. I'm sure he knows where the free booze is at. Love to see you. Love to hang out. Thanks so much for joining us. Until Monday when we're hopefully a hell of a lot richer. I'm Magic. <laughs> and I'm Mike. Good luck this weekend, everybody. The Magic Mike Show. Where you hear the experts speak. The Magic Mike Show. Tune into the show every week. The Magic Mike Show. You can trust the show is the bomb because it's being brought to you by RacingDudes.com.